Today's episode of the Slash Filmcast is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash filmcast and using promo code filmcast. That's casper.com slash filmcast and using promo code filmcast. $50 off. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and with me are... Devendra Hardwire. And Jeff Kanata. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Today, all we are going to be doing is discussing Black Mirror Season 3, something that we've gotten a lot of requests for. Uh, so I'm, I was really psyched that Netflix is doing another season. I thought after the Christmas special it might be over, but nope, we got another full season. Uh, it seems like they have a lot more money to throw at it too this time with that Netflix mm-hmm. cash. Yeah. So, um, and of course, one of the episodes is directed by a friend of the show, uh, Dan Trachtenberg. So a lot of things to get excited for about this season. Um, find more episodes of our podcast at SlashFilmCast.com. You can also email us at SlashFilmCast at gmail.com. What we're going to do is talk about the season overall. And then we're going to do episode by episode with spoilers uh, and you know, dive into like each one, one by one. So that's what's on tap for today's episode of the Slash Filmcast. That's all we're going to be doing today. So uh, you know, I remember Divinger Hardware when uh, Black Mirror first came out and uh-huh. it was not super easy to access in the United States. Like 2011, yeah. But when, uh, when I watched it, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is such an original voice that is telling Twilight Zone-esque uh, stories that have to do with our technology. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we were all engrossed and like, it really captured our attention uh, in a way that few other things have. And uh, uh, Jeff Kanata, is this a show, Black Mirror, that you covered on TRS? I think we were already done with TRS by that time. Gotcha. I but think. is, it, is, it, uh, is but Black is... Mirror something you had exposure to prior to this week? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was uh, obsessed with Black Mirror for a while. Uh, I just thought the world of it. I mean, I've always been a fan of Twilight Zone. I've always been a fan of mm-hmm. that kind of storytelling with a, with a wonderful twist or a, you know, that be careful what you wish for type of thing. And marry that with my love of technology and how just astute and uh, spot on the observations about technology are in this show i mean to have each episode show a such a wildly different view of the future but it's not far future it's just day after tomorrow future and how plausible it all seems and how um you can imagine this tech actually happening i think my favorite episode up up to this point before season three started is the entire history of you yeah and that is a a, a, a particular in particular an episode that has stayed in my consciousness all the time. I'm constantly like internally referencing it because it just it just has so many themes that keep coming up in in the world. And but there's a, a bunch of episodes like that. I think the Christmas episode is phenomenal as well. Um, yeah, it's definitely a show I, I love. Yeah, and Divinger Hardware, I assume you feel the same way, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've loved it uh, since I caught wind of it. And uh, I pretty much have loved everything Charlie Brooker's been doing, uh, just because I appreciate his voice. Um, he is definitely one of the few people out there that's like, I think, uh, kind of staying an eye on technology in an interesting way and seeing how, I don't know, seeing how society's responding to it. So that's kind of why all of this is so refreshing, even if uh, the show can be pretty bleak sometimes. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I was talking with my brother about 
Black Mirror last night and saying, hey, have you been watching Black Mirror Season 3? My brother watches about 1% of the media uh, by volume that I watch. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, have you been watching Black Mirror Season 3? It's really good. And he said, "Uh, yeah, you know, I I saw a few episodes. They were really good, um, but they made me feel terrible. And uh, (laughs) I don't want to feel terrible. You know, like it's just very emotionally taxing. I have politics for that. (laughs) (laughs) And the real world for that. It is a very emotionally taxing show. I mean, there's, I don't think, I can't think of a single one, maybe one episode. uh, And I can describe it when we get to spoilers. We will probably spoil random elements of seasons one and two. uh, But we will not spoil anything from season three until we give a spoiler warning. Uh, I think this season has the only happy episode of the show. Well, I would would actually argue that one of the episodes from season two uh, has, has a, somewhat happy ending but most of the episodes are not happy endings and uh and so it's a bummer it's a bummer to watch because you you rarely think that these people are gonna wind up in a good place and and it can be emotionally taxing uh and that if if that's not your thing then uh probably the show is not going to be something you want to watch at least not all in one sitting like we did Mm -hmm. uh and now no longer want anything to do with technology um (laughs) but uh anyway so overall so Season three is an abundance of riches, gentlemen. I mean, I think the first two seasons were three episodes long, right? And so this season Mm -hmm. is six episodes. Many, (laughs) which is usually a short season, but for this show, it's like six episodes. Wow! Yeah, but it's an anthology series too, so every episode is like its own short film, um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of episodes. And they're all at least an hour long. Yeah, some of them them are an hour long. One episode's ninety minutes. It's Uh, insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So. Great stuff, uh, so so much, and, and super talented directors. They got Joe Wright to do an episode, crazy. So all and, that and being yep, wildly different. I mean, I think the for me the the most the coolest part of Black Mirror are the ideas and mm-hmm. the visions of the future, and how you have six episodes here that each express a a really different view of the future, and that level of design, that level of forward thinking you know it's very rare to get a futurist uh, movie or television show that gets it right once this is a a show that gets it right six times in a row and gets it right in the sense that it it just it from a technological perspective as as geeks who are into this stuff it feels authentic it feels possible it feels like it was made by people that understand how technology actually works instead of, you know, Hollywood people. It's yeah, the right. it's the opposite of the latest Bourne movie. <laughs> right. That's a really good comparison, actually. Um, and we should say, full disclosure up front, uh, that you you have not seen all six of the episodes, Jeff. You've only seen the first uh, – actually, you, the I only ones you haven't seen are Shut Up and Dance and uh, Hated in Your Country. Uh, yes, Dave. Do you know why those were the last two for me to watch? Why is that, Jeff? Because you you ranked the episodes, Dave. Are you I serious? Went, you oh, you I took went, my yeah. ranking? Is that right? I did. I, I oh, watched wow. it in the order of your ranking. Oh, well, well, that's not true. I watched Dan's episode first, and then I went in the order <laughs> of your. Ranking. Oh well, I'm actually honored at that. But yeah, I, I stand by the ranking, um, which I can get into later. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Jeff is going to drop out when we discuss those very last two episodes, uh, which is a bummer, just because I would have loved to hear your thoughts on the episode I thought was the worst. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's talk about overall thoughts on the series uh and jeff canada it sounds like what you've seen you're a big fan of yeah very much so very much so i mean we'll talk about individual episodes but there is uh so many great ideas on display the expression of the technology as i've said is is spot on um san jacinto 
the episode entitled San Jacinto. So San Junipero, I believe. You Excuse me. San Jacinto <laughs> is uh, <laughs> from a video game. Sorry. <laughs> uh, San Junipero. Apologies. Um, is, uh, I think, rivals um, the history of you as as – as yeah. my favorite yeah. episode. It's Agreed. tremendous. Agreed. It's, yeah. It might be my favorite episode of the series. I'm not sure mm-hmm. yet, though, because the entire history of you is really good. A lot of people also say uh, they like Be Right Back, the episode yep. with, um, uh, what's his name? The guy who played the evil guy. in Donald in, Gleason. Yeah, Donald, Donald Gleason. Gleason. Yeah, Donald yeah, Gleason yeah. And, and Haley Atwell. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. 15 Million Merits will always have a place in my heart, too. Like, so, yeah, we can all have our favorites. But San Junipero, I think... For, through everyone I've talked with, uh, hasn't that been kind of their favorite of the season? Yeah, it's 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 a really amazing. It's yeah. special. Yeah. It's very special in every way. It's unexpected. The way the the way. I mean, we'll get to that individual episode. Yeah. The, the there are, but there are a lot of. I mean, I've only watched four of the six, but each of the four that I watched uh, featured great performances. Um, really, as you as you said, you can tell that money was spent on these. Um, Incredible! Even just the music budget for San Junipero's episode felt like <laughs> yeah. it was like more than the budget of some of the previous whole episodes of the show. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's um, we'll, we'll step through them, but uh, I, overall, very, very impressed with the season. It, it did not feel like um, you know any kind of afterthought from from. It's hard when uh, mm-hmm. another network comes in. Netflix has had had ups and downs with doing this right of of picking up a show that had been previously dormant we've seen it go well we've seen it go poorly this well, well, is let's, let's talk about when it's gone well and when it's gone poorly like I, in my opinion a time it's gone poorly is arrested development season four you know that is a I, show i agree that i do not feel lived up to what we were hoping for um but is there a time when you have felt like they've picked it up and it's gone well jeff or I, I, um, what are the other ones that they've done? Uh, I mean, Full House, I would say, is the is the gone poorly side as well. Um, uh, yeah, but let's see. What else? Um, what else have they picked up? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to there, remember. There's a bunch of shows that have not happened yet that they picked up. So, like, uh-huh. uh, Twin Peaks and Gilmore Girls. Is Gilmore Girls right. out already? Je- uh, no. Divin- no. It's not out yet. Yeah. So, those are coming, um, but they have not landed yet. So, I guess it um, hasn't gone well yet. <laughs> in general the stuff they've produced has been good so i think That's the correct. the favor is in netflix's you know corner right now yeah yeah i mean they've, they've produced a bunch of great stuff i think just in terms of like reboots specifically it has not yeah, gone yeah. that's tough yeah it's not gone super well um but uh yeah so it can easily go badly i think is what jeff is saying and yeah. in this instance uh, it did not. It, it's a show where Charlie Brooker's voices continued to shine through, and uh, and so yeah, I think it's, it's an instance where this approach was a artistic success. Um, Devinder Hardware, your thoughts on the uh, third season of Black Mirror overall, and then let's overall, uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I think it was a more consistent season than season two was, not including the Christmas special, uh, but mainly White Bear just never quite worked for me as an episode, and Waldo moment was kind of funny and i think i appreciate that one more now just because of the rise of donald trump and everything uh waldo moment kind of predicted all of that uh but season two overall other than be right back just didn't 
I didn't love it. Season three, there's so much going on, really fresh ideas. And I love how, you know, they're really aiming high when it comes to style and design for some of these episodes, too. Um, we'll mention some of those, but I, they got Joe Wright to do one, and it's just as beautiful as you'd imagine. The only problem with this season is that maybe they go on, some of them go on longer than they probably should. Hate in the Nation, definitely. Um, I think their ideas would have been stronger if they focused a little more. But I, you know, overall, like the ideas are still good. It's just the execution that sometimes misfires. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And I think what makes a good Black Mirror episode is basically three ingredients for me. Right. Number one, the technology that they show is uh, an extension of existing technology and or uh, incredibly plausible. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like it's off the wall and, and completely out there. Uh, number two. Uh, it, it, there's some kind of moral that I can I feel I can actually take away and apply to my own life. You know that I, it makes me think to the extent that I feel like oh wow right. like I should really reconsider how I'm approaching X. You know, uh, and number three, the episode is ahead of the audience. Right. What I mean by that is uh, like you're struggling to figure out what is happening versus you're already five steps ahead and know how it's going to end. Um, which I thought was the case w- with an episode like Hated in the Nation, uh, where like I felt like I already knew, you know, I, I was like three <laughs> steps ahead of those detectives right, in a way right, that right. I did not enjoy. Um, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not saying like every episode has those three qualities, but I'm saying the ones I right. like the most sure, have sure. those three things. Uh, and there were several episodes that I, that I feel had that. Now, what's interesting about Black Mirror is you have episodes that, in my opinion, are just like straight genre exercises like mm-hmm. uh, i would say dan trachtenberg's playtest is like mostly a genre film i, I didn't mm-hmm. I, I did not find playtest to be a particularly thought-provoking episode but then you have epi- episodes like nosedive which you know is not a particular genre um maybe like a coming of age story or a drama or what comedy like who knows but uh but where i did find it very thought-provoking you know mm-hmm. uh yeah. and i think there's a place for both in the series yeah i personally yeah. enjoy the kind of more thoughtful ones uh, of which I'd argue that, yeah, like Nosedive is part of that group. Um, the entire history of you, I think, is part of that group. You know, I, I, I think those are the ones that stick with me and resonate with me more. But I like that the show can handle both that and um, an episode like uh, that one with the the army folks. Men against uh, fire. Men, Men against, against fire. fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah that, so. that is straight up straight up uh, genre. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. like a, a video game or or um, like war movie kind of. Yeah, right? like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it's cool that the, the series can support both. But like my personal preference is for the ones that like are more like deal with more ideas, uh, even if they they're not super emotionally satisfying. At least like it's it's provoked a lot of thought, and so those are my preferences. But uh, overall, I think the season is a huge success and has gotten a lot of ideas out there into the public consciousness in interesting ways. Uh, I, I could keep watching the show forever as long as Charlie Brooker wants to keep making them uh, because. Yeah, it's just it's just great. It, it brings these ideas to life in ways that are terrifying. And you know, the the series title Black Mirror is a reference to uh, the monitor of a computer screen. And well, all the screens, all yeah, around, all the screens, screen, whatever. Surrounded by them. And yeah. and um, and at its best, the show holds up a mirror to uh, our society and our use of technology, and asks us like, is this who we want to be? And uh, I really love it for that. I really love but, that know, it keeps doing that. Yeah, I agree, and and I I'll go even a step further. I think that you know Twilight Zone is a classic. It's great. I love it. 
But for the most part, those were little morality tales that had a yeah. beginning, middle, and end, and were 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 great. But what I think this show does is each of these worlds that's created could almost be a pilot for an, its own series. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I could watch a show set in the San Junipero world. I could watch a show set in the Man Against Fire world. Like those are the the ideas are so rich and and so well fleshed out in in just one hour's experience that I want to know more about those corners of that world like what built that what what else is going on there mm-hmm. uh, it leaves me wanting yeah That's, yeah yes. they, uh, most yeah. of the episodes leave me wanting and I don't say that as a bad thing you know like right. they leave me wanting more of these characters more of this world mm-hmm. and uh, it's just extraordinary that that he's able to come up with <laughs> You know, coming up with one idea that yeah. is as rich as that is, is impressive. But to do it yeah. again and again is really cool. Uh, Colin yeah. M. Scott in the chat room asks, what did you guys think of the full-on alternating between American casts and British casts? Uh, it did not bother me. Um, yeah. I th- it's, cool. it's cool that they have episodes set in both places. Um, they have yep. some in America, some in the UK. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Devinder, are you going to say something? Yeah, I think the danger right now, like as much as I think Charlie Brooker deserves a lot of praise for where the show's going, you know, there's already like the criticism against it. That's basically a lot of times these episodes just kind of look at technology and say that bad, you know, phone. What if phones, but more, you know, what was the joke (laughs) somebody tweeted? Well, Um, Mallory Ortberg wrote something like, you know, that maybe Black Mirror will make an episode. What if phones, but more? And, yeah, uh, and the, the joke is that, that they actually made that into an episode, the the playtest episode. That they yeah, although I think he referenced it in a in, in an interview too. So yeah, as in like he consciously kind of was responding to that. The danger now for what they're doing with the show is that the, I think they do have to be a lot more thoughtful going forward too, because you can't just be reactionary against certain things, and maybe that's why you know this show takes such a long time to get turned around too also because like the british you know tv production hasn't been super fast so maybe going to netflix allowed them to speed up a little i'm not, uh, I'm not but yeah. exactly what your argument is though Devendra. Are, are you saying that you think i'm saying the, going the, forward they have to be he has to like actually make sure that he's saying something significant about technology yeah. and just like looking at it and saying like oh this thing is terrible well let me ask you this do, do you fi- do you find the series view of technology to be overly simplistic in your opinion I mean, it sort of is. It kind of has to be to because it's saying one specific thing, right? It's pointing, it's looking at technology and looking at the dangers of that technology. But uh, you know, like you know, your brother is saying, Dave, like that can get a little tiring. Like dealing, being in that mindset for a while can be a little rough. I don't know. And I, I, think, I never, I never had that reaction. I think just because a lot of the technology <laughs> reference in the series just felt like, oh, this is just a logical extension of what we already have today. It, yeah, it, yeah, but it's, it not, it's always one lens. It's looking, you know, the the mirror that we're looking at it through in the series has typically been a very like cynical yeah, kind like of fra- cynical like a fractured as I, with the opening exactly. sequence. Go ahead. And that's the thing. And I think what I really love about the season, we get something like San Junipero, which does kind of touch on some of the, you know, potential aspects, the potential problems of the technology in that episode. But ultimately it it's sort of hopeful. Also has the good and things. I, also has the good things, yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. Um but yeah. It, it's just hopeful in a way the series hasn't been so far. And I want to see more of that. I want to see him telling us not just how the technology can destroy us, but how it can potentially save us. Too. Jeff, can I, I jump in? I, uh, I really think that w- what is one of the things that works best about this show is that he gives voice to the counterpoint 
every time. Yes, there's a, 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 I, I see what you're saying, Devendra, with the cynicism or sort of a negative view or a, more of a cautionary tale of like, no, technology bad. But – and again, I've only seen 60 yeah. percent of the show. But um, every episode that I've watched, there is a, a real case made as to – why the thing that we all think you know we all come out getting scared of actually is a good thing men against fire that you know that yeah. I can't remember the name of the actor but the guy from house of cards makes a real it's a it's a it's a kind of a dark um, speech, but he makes a very impassioned speech as to why this is actually a good thing. No, Michael, it's terrible, Ma- Michael what Kelly. You, here, 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 guys, yeah. let's Jeff. Can we save that we for the actual episode discussion? Yeah, um, but I, but I would say time after time that that at least that that <laughs> happens, and there is there is. I mean, it reminded me of the book The Circle, which is being made mm-hmm. into a, a film now. Yeah, um, which I actually have similar problems with too. So yeah, I know, I, what I like in both cases is that there is a while. There's a clear ideology presented. They don't give short shrift to the opposite ideology. I, the, the I don't other... know. I don't agree. I don't agree with yeah, that, Jeff. But that's a little. I, I mean, but also we could go back and just look at every single other episode. Like I love the show, but come on, guys. Like national anthem. Like fifteen million merits. Like I, as much as I love some of those episodes, they end in very, very like sometimes the most cynical way to end that particular story. And I think after a while that could just seem old. It's harder to be, to be kind of hopeful to like help us understand it and not just be afraid of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that black mirror does is it unsettles me so much that sometimes it's hard to get sleep after watching it guys. Yes. You know, yeah. in the, in the near future, Dave though, the, the good news is it's, you know, it's someday in the future you will be able to get, a mattress using only your computer. It, I know it sounds crazy. Imagine if you could get a mattress, Jeff, using your computer. Uh, and not only that, but that the mattress is remarkably engineered and came in a convenient box that was shipped right to your door. Like, well, not only that, but but you could some in some magical fantasy world in the future, you would have the opportunity to try out that mattress for some insane number some of days. Some insane number of days, like a hundred days. That something. just sounds crazy. It, it sounds, sounds crazy. like stuff of science fiction. Well, like with many of the ideas in Black Mirror, guys, the future is today. Casper mattresses fulfill all the things that we just talked about. Uh, and, yeah, they are obsessively engineered mattresses at shockingly fair prices. Uh, Time Magazine named it as one of the best inventions of 2015. It is an award-winning mattress that won't disappoint. But best of all, as we've already discussed, it takes a lot of the inconvenience out of shopping for mattresses. Uh, you can get a Casper mattress risk-free. It's very low cost. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't like it, they'll pick it up and refund you and everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. So we have a special offer for Slash Filmcast listeners. Go to casper.com slash filmcast and use promo code filmcast to get $50 off any mattress purchase. That's casper.com slash filmcast. And use promo code FILMCAST to get $50 off any mattress purchase. Definitely a good way to get a good night's sleep after watching Black Mirror, especially with how unsettling it is. It's great to be sleeping on uh, a super comfortable mattress that is very affordable. Uh, and it's what I slept on after watching Black Mirror. And, there you uh, go. 
It's yeah. a super comfortable mattress, and it's not a smart mattress, so it cannot be hacked or turned against you in any way. Yeah. How about that? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Casper.com slash Filmcast. Use promo code Filmcast, and we are very grateful to Casper for sponsoring us on this episode. Uh, let's get to spoilers and an episode-by-episode breakdown of Black Mirror Season 3. Now you're looking for the secret. Can I see this coming? No. But you won't find it because, of course... You're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. All right. We're talking spoilers for Black Mirror Season 3. We're going to have to jump around a little bit uh, and save uh, the two episodes Jeff hasn't watched for the end. But let's start with Nosedive, directed by Joe Wright. Story by Charlie Booker, written by Rashida Jones and Mike Schur. Nice. Uh, yeah. And it stars Bryce Dallas Howard, Alice Eve, uh, James Norton, and Cherry Jones. Uh, so Nosedive. And tells... directed by Joe Wright. Yes. I said Come that already. On. Okay. <laughs> I'm just reemphasizing. And written by Rashida Jones. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Nosedive tells the story of Lacey Pound, who lives in a world where anyone can rate your popularity out of five stars. Uh, from both friends and strangers due to the technology inside phones and standard smart lenses that display everyone's name and current rating. When she decides to go to a wedding in order to increase her ratings, things do not go according to plan. Uh, So it sounds like overall, based on the previous discussion we had, we like this episode. Uh, I I think we're we're big fans of it. For for me, it was like number two under San Junipero. So, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's great. That sounds it's, about right. Some it's people brilliant. on Twitter have pointed out to me that this is actually very similar to season three, episode eight of Community, and that that show did this concept better. I have not I seen that. That, that um, was, I mean, okay, you got to catch up on Community, dude. But yeah, <laughs> that that one also, like, I think ahead of the uh, what was the app? People, P E E P L, the one that was trying to re- rate people. Right. Like Community, kind of brought up that whole idea. Uh, I, do, I I can't say if it did it better because it certainly didn't go to like the lengths that uh, this episode did. But I, they're both thoughtful and interesting. This is one of those Black Mirror episodes where you really have to look at the concept, right? Because I don't think you could actually construct a world where everyone was being rated on everything. The logistics of it don't quite hold up. So this is another thing you have to watch out for in the show. Like if you think about it too deeply, sometimes um, the idea kind of collapses in on itself. But for the story they're telling, the story of somebody who's obsessed with, you know, being as liked as possible and getting the approval. um, I I think that. that Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's true of a lot of episodes. It's like, okay, could they really do this most of the time? No. But you have to like buy into the concept. Yeah, you have to buy into the concept. True. There is some suspension of disbelief. That being said. There are a lot of things about this episode that I think resonate with our lives today. Number one, yeah. uh, there are people who you know, will do anything they can to get likes. They will hack their feed to get likes. You know, they will do whatever possible uh, to make sure they have optimized social content. And number two, those people who have that often get a better life than other people, right? Like they get uh, affordances well, considered about- to them. You know, they get mm-hmm. free things. Like they get things get that cool – um, what about Yelp? I mean, this is just. Um, I mean, it's Yelp for people. Yeah, Yelp, yeah, Yelp is legit like that. You know that, that it's businesses. Yeah, it's not social interaction, but a low Yelp, a low Yelp rating can be disastrous yeah. to a business, and a businesses will do all kinds of unsavory things to get high Yelp ratings. I mean, it's <laughs> or Uber for that yeah, matter. I mean, that's I tweeted, the, I I tweeted about big, like when I yeah. when I saw this episode, I, I tweeted, you know, uh, Nosedive tells the story of a dystopian future in which people can. Uh, rate people over arbitrary reasons that affect their livelihoods, a.k.a. Uber. 
Yeah, um, right. So and that's know. that's true not just because you're rating the Uber drivers, but the drivers are also rating you, and that's something a lot of Uber users don't even know. So right. that's the sort of thing. But, like but it's, it, you know, it, yeah. it's a situation where uh, you can just exercise power over people for the most arbitrary of reasons. Like, oh, I didn't like the way the the car smelled. Four, three yep. stars. You know, like you can just. It's arbitrary reasons, and it will impact that person's ability to live. And so this felt like just a societal extension of that. It's like, hey, imagine if we did this for everyone, not just Uber drivers, but for everyone. Um, and yeah, like – What would how, society how, like? Yeah, what would society be like? And I think it, it presents a very chilling portrait of, uh, of what things could get to if we continue to take this rating thing super seriously. I think it uh, goes even a little deeper to like how things are today too, Dave. Like it's not just about people hacking their feeds. I, I mean, I know people who act kind of in the best interest of their social media profile, right? And this yeah. goes back a long ways. These are people who are always like, uh, there are always people who are always thinking about their brands or, or how they can really better themselves. And with the rise of social media, you kind of have a way to do that in a very public way, right? So people will do things that could be seen as charitable, but oftentimes are really just meant to like make them appear more likable on social media and things like that. Yeah. So that's the true horror, right? That well, we'll yeah, Facebook today is a, there's a very high performative aspect to Facebook today. You know, like right. you, you usually only post happy things because if you post too many negative things, people will mute you. So you have to be positive. You have to like calibrate your feed in a certain way. And that scene when uh, Alice Eve's character says, hey, like uh, a low four point something was going to give me enough authenticity yep. to like get a boost, but not, you know, I can't have like a two walking around like that felt not too far off from how people might act today you know it just felt yes. like wow reducing like social media rankings down to numbers like there's already a service that does that it's called clout you know like it's not too far off from reality today jeff Kanata, what were you gonna say well first of all i want to say one of my favorite things about this episode is the art direction i just yes. love the, the pastel world that, that is created it's just it it pops it's different it's a vision of the future you don't haven't ever really seen but i think like any good parable this episode can be read in a lot of different ways. And if you'll allow me, I, I think, um, you know, one of the kind of horrifying things is it also kind of feels like a, <laughs> a reinforcement of Trumpism. Like the position <laughs> is, you know, that all these people are being very PC and very nice to each other because they don't want to offend each other. And the thing she comes to at the end is just say fuck it and say whatever is on the top of my mind and the things I hate and all the people I hate. And it's this cathartic <laughs> expression of un-PC that is id manifest. I think, and, I think well, you also, can draw also a Cherry line. Jones, Cherry Jones, the trucker yeah. character, is the most sympathetic character in the whole episode. Yeah, right. It's yeah. very Trump, right? It's very, yeah. it's very um, you know, authentic, real America. She's real America, right? She's I, I think only it may look like that right now because Trump has kind of take stolen, you know, stolen the idea of real America and real people talking like real normal folks, average folks. I don't like that's not definitely not the message I was getting from it. But oh, there's oh, certainly oh. a line you could draw too, like from going to fully extreme. And being completely against NPC and, you know, being unsympathetic to whatever people are saying and to just like having the freedom to actually say something uh, without, you know, worrying about the social, not just the social I impact, but like. 
If you yeah, asked a Trump supporter why they like him, it's because he says what he thinks. But Jeff, right? let's, yeah, let's be clear. I, I, let's co-opted that. That's let's what be I'm clear, saying. though, Jeff. I don't feel. I, I think you were saying that this episode is a defense of Trumpism. I, I didn't. Oh, I said okay. that it, it certainly can be read that way. I, I, I don't think. I, I don't think it can be I read started, that way. I started by saying, like any good parable, it has a bunch of different interpretations, and I think uh, one of them you could certainly come out the other side of this episode and go. Yeah, you know what's wrong with the, um, uh, the the world is that we're all not saying what we think, and we're all worried about what other people feel, and we're all, you know, like yeah, I, I, think- I, I disagree entirely with that. I, I think the ending. I, I agree that the Trump parallels are there. I don't agree yeah, that yeah. it could read as a defense of Trumpism just because the final sequence is horrifying. It's not meant to be. Hey, isn't it great that she's finally like letting loose and, and you know saying her mind? Oh, like I that is a horrifying 100%. sequence. I, I don't. I don't think it's horrifying. Dave. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I found smiling. it very troubling. I found it very troubling. I thought it was like, hey, <laughs> they both like, end up smiling at the end, Dave. That they have found a connection in their in their inhibition that that is cathartic and, and what a great positive. final sequence by the way like there's that that combined shot between them two like you know leading to the end of the episode like Dave it's. But here's the thing, right? This isn't like – I don't think it's defending them like this is what they're going to do all the time, just telling people to fuck off. This is sort of like the eruption of the volcano of real feelings <laughs> that they've had to like you know, repress inside themselves for however long this app has been around. And we're seeing the eruption now and it's cathartic and to them it's kind of rewarding in a way. Uh, but I, I, think I, I don't Trump think it's saying like <laughs> – I think that's I, exactly I how you – everything I, you I, just I, said can be applied. That's what – that's – I mean, I don't want to make this a yeah, political yeah. episode, but, yeah, uh, but I, also, my... I think that you could potentially see it that way. I think that completely you it, it misses out a lot of other readings for it, too, because there's certainly a line you can draw between just people who, you know, can actually be nice and sympathetic to each other, but have no problem actually saying, you know what, like maybe that isn't the best outfit for you. And I'm going to tell you because I'm your friend and I'm not afraid <laughs> of what rating you're going to give me in an app or something, you know, right, something like that. Right. Like there's a lot of middle ground there, basically. Mm-hmm. But Jeff, I feel like we keep interrupting you. So, Jeff, like if you have any other interpretations you want to share with uh, this episode, my- feel free. No, I, I'm not. Um, I hope you don't take my that view uh, as as some sort of repudiation of the episode. I really yeah, thought yeah. the episode was was incredible, and I just thought this, it's an interesting take because I think that from the perspective of a Trump voter, that's that's exactly what they sure, think is sure. wrong with the world, right? Is sure. that we're all just repressing all of this stuff and we're being nice to each other and it's all fake. And if we all just said what we thought, we'd all be much happier. And that's kind of what this episode is saying too. In, in the, in the if context. You, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, if you go to an extreme, but that's, I've pretty much said that a couple times. My yeah, interpretation it, is both approaches are bad. You know, mm-hmm. like saying everything you think it leads to that situation at the end, but that like bottling it up and just trying yeah. to dress it up in a, in a nice way so you can get nice likes is also kind of productive. Are so, well, yeah, our extremes are bad. Yeah. Are bad. Ahead, Our truth teller in this episode, the truck driving lady, she says her her mantra is people don't like to hear what you really think. You know, like that that's why she has such a low rating. She's given up trying to please everybody and people don't like to hear what you really think. And I think that's kind of what's going on in America right now. Is a lot of there's a 40% of the of the population is like finally I can say what I really think because this guy's giving me permission to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, again, I feel like both approaches are bad, um, and and that the episode speaks to that. But you know, I, like Jeff, you, you're I'm, you're, I'm, flo- I'm, you're floating this you're floating this hypothetical interpretation. What is your actual interpretation of the episode? Like, what do you take away from it? Uh, I mean, I, I think that 
on a very surface level, you take away from it that that when you're <laughs> you're in pursuit of being liked, uh, it, it, that's you know a wasted energy. And and so, I mean, I think her brother is also a truth teller, right? He's he's the mm-hmm. voice of reason. Um, but I I I am baffled a little bit that you think the end of this episode she doesn't come to a better place. Yeah, like, let's talk her- about that because clearly, Dave, <laughs> like very clearly in the text, overtly, like she's smiling and she's happy and she's free in a way, even though like she's in prison and covered in dirt and at the lowest point of her life, she is free in a way she hasn't been throughout the entire episode. And to me, that is, she reaches a point that to, for her character seems happy. Agreed. Sure, I guess, but she's also like, like you said, like it, the trap. Her trappings are, uh, you know, abject misery, and also like she she is not behaving in a way that I think is good for society. You know what I you mean? You sound like somebody who's never shouted "fuck you" aloud at the top of your lungs, David. <laughs> well, maybe Chen. I haven't, uh, Devendra, and that's what I'm working out on this episode right now. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I I, I think both I think extre- extremes are bad, and that's what the the episode's trying to say. I, I do want to say one other thing, um, mm-hmm. and we should move on because we don't have that much time. But um, uh, I think Bryce Dallas Howard is like MVP of the season in my she's opinion. She's amazing. Like, she's so good. Um, there's such an earnestness to her and oh like my heart is breaking for her the entire episode because you know what she's trying to do uh, and you just know like things aren't going to go well for her and it mm-hmm. just it, it really broke my heart because she's yeah. trying so hard and it just is painful to watch someone try so hard and want something so bad uh, and not get it mm-hmm. uh, now you could argue that she did get it in some way she got something in some way at the end yeah but um yeah. The other thing, the other thing I think the, the episode comments on in a really, really subtle but brilliant way is how cars are ceasing to be automotive uh, machines and are becoming technology. <laughs> you know, like a car, <laughs> the way a car now is sort of becoming a cell phone. You know, and how. <laughs> Anytime you get into a car in this in this episode, they have to – or even her ATV that she gets on, they have to place the phone in it to like activate the car. Right. And, 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 and I love the touch that it was like Swedish or whatever, that she couldn't oh, was, change Russian, the language. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the, yeah. And the other thing that is that they – just like cell phones, they like cease to be uh, supported. You know, there's a – there's a, a a point where she has to rent a car, and they're like, they still make though. They're, they're still like still have the the seven series or whatever. It's like that's not how that's not how we talk about cars now. You know, a, a 1957 Chevy still works, right? But but that's how we talk about phones. So I, I love that like subtle the episode. Isn't really about that. I mean, you could have an entire episode of this show about that, and it's just like a fun little detail. It's great. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's great. And uh, like a nice little side touch that shows they put a lot of thought into it. Bruce Lee in the chat room says like when she gets double damage at the airport. Wow. Heartbreaking. I agree. Yeah. The double yeah. damage scene, man. Yeah, and, that guy. And, and the concept of double damage, like it's just like a cool name <laughs> yeah. for that idea. You it's know, like, search pricing for your behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> great. That's exactly right. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Canada, you're pointing out the guard. I mean, I just love that scene, like how much power he has in a completely, <laughs> you know, non-physical, not even any, you know, not even any emotional way. He's just, he literally has complete power over you because of your ranking and, you know, yeah. what he's able to do. 
That's so great. So great. I think what was what was interesting to me about the world, like, I, I, I want to know more about this universe. Like, what do the people who are ranked one and two do? Like, what, what, is, what are their lives like? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like <laughs> are they Elysium, Dave? Uh, yeah. Are they only allowed sort of to like, like live in ho- like, uh, you know, camps, uh, concentration camps or what have you? Like, do they have yeah. uh, what jobs do they work? Like, this are they is why to- I said this, this concept falls apart because <laughs> you can't have an entire society uh, based on the single app like that. That's <laughs> That doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, I don't, you know. I, I, like, I also love the, the fact that it's a one through five ranking, but it's like <laughs> 4.2.1718. You know, it's like, it's exactly how it would be. It would have these incredibly deep decimal points of of, <laughs> of um, granularity. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and the scene when that consultant tells, you know, her how to get her social numbers up. Yeah. Uh, so that good. is very similar to how yeah. people do that in real life today. It's a little close uh, as, to home, doesn't it, Derek? Yeah, yeah. As someone, as someone who has worked in social media professionally for the last few years, we are yeah. not getting through the entire season of this. It's going to be a four-hour show. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to episode two, playtest. Uh, this is the episode directed by Dan Trachtenberg. An American traveler travels around the world and ends up in London, and he has to make money. He yeah. goes to this game company to test out the Civic Smear Mental American product. Traveler short on cash signs up to yeah. test a revolutionary new game system only to discover the thrills are a little too real. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. Uh, so that's playtest. Uh, this is an episode I would describe as like a, a sort of genre exercise. I think mm-hmm. Charlie Brooker referred to it as a romp. Uh, it's a haunted it, house romp. Yeah, it's, a, ha- it's yeah. a haunted house romp. Yeah, I, I don't think it really says that much to to me about uh the the state of our use of technology in the world it, it does kind of hint at uh what video game playing might be like in the future where like you mm-hmm. might get custom experiences and so reflecting on that is kind of cool but Which, uh, and for, that to me is kind of fun by the way because yeah. once you start doing that it is saying something about like the point where games and reality are kind of indistinguishable and then, you know, what what could that do to people, you know? Like, there's the entire sequence when he's actually in the house, and I think the show did a good job of conveying the fact that, oh, he's actually in this place and not still in the chair, although I started having the inkling of that uh, towards the end of the episode, right? Because that's at that point, you start to expect some twists. Just conceiving of, like, where all this is taking us, having lived in VR for dozens of hours, a lot of time this year, um, it's it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary where the augmented reality stuff is going to go, too, especially when uh, it's going to look photorealistic at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, even just as a, a, a genre piece, I thought it was really well done. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I personally found the uh, main character played by Wyatt Russell, the main character of Cooper played by Wyatt Russell, to be mm-hmm. a little irritating. Oh, God. I couldn't disagree more. I thought he was fantastic. <laughs> but, I, but I understood why they went in that direction. Because like they could have uh-huh. made it like a super serious guy who – uh, was like taking this very seriously. Instead, they tried to give it like comic relief. They tried to take the edge off by using this character who's kind of like rambling all the time and, and describing his experiences out loud. And it worked for me a lot of the times. It didn't work for me sometimes. Um, but uh, just from when, when the scares start at the house, I thought the direction was exceptional. Uh, and I really enjoyed the episode just mm-hmm. for that reason. Uh, in, in an interview that you'll hear that I uh, had with Dan Trachtenberg, you know, you'll hear it later this week. I'm not sure the double endings worked for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought the first ending where he discovers his mom and she can't remember him 
was so frightening. Like, it really yeah. shook me. And then yeah. to find out that that was just all a dream itself, like, it, it kind of undercut what I thought the episode did, re- did really well. But overall, mm-hmm. I was a fan of this episode. It's not uh, my favorite of the season, um, but it is one that I thought was very well done. Um, and Jeff Kanata, a- obviously, full disclosure, we are friends with Dan Trachtenberg, but what did you think of the episode? What did you think it did really well? Yeah, I mean... I- I don't have to go into it too too much because we again have a whole hour with Dan where you can hear us talk about it. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. I agree with you that the second uh, second twist lost me a little bit because it it felt like it 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 happened very abruptly. I felt mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the fun stuff that was set up, like who is this girl he was date he slept with? What is her? Th- all of that was like oh none of that was happening. Right. Uh, and I, I feel like in, instead of paying off all that wonderful setup, it just it just came for kind of a cheap twist. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, that didn't take away from the journey that I found to be so fun and thrilling and and mm-hmm. actually humorous, too. As a yeah, as a straightforward like horror setup, I think it works pretty well. And uh, I kind of wish it wrapped around a little more because I was really interested in the other character, uh, the you know, the character that he hooks up with early on and kind of puts him. Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of sends him down this road. Like, if there was something more going on in there, um, like, maybe she did actually, you know, hear things about the company. Like, if that whole sequence wasn't completely faked, uh, could have ended up being a little more interesting. Or uh, who knows? That could have felt even more trite. Like, maybe something you typically expect from Black Mirror. Uh, I, I also don't think the second twist worked that well. Um, because really, what is it? What is it like, saying? What, is it, what does it add to the, yeah. to the show? Yeah, you should have called your mom, dude. Well, I, I think, I, but I think we already got that from the first ending. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And I think, but I think, like, I think what it felt like. It sounds like what we're all describing is that the mm-hmm. second twist felt more like a twist for the sake of having a twist, yes, versus yes. like here's a twist that actually deepens uh, <laughs> our understanding of the situation or its theme, or its themes. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Charlie Brooker mentioned on the uh, all thing uh, that on Terry talking with uh, Terry fresh Gross, air. fresh air, yeah, and fresh air that. Uh, yeah, the second twist. I think uh, partially Dan kind of worked on that with him too. Like, well, they, we, we, they we talk, we talk that about that on thing. the interview, and yeah. he says he it wasn't like his creation, but yeah, like we we dive into this in a much deeper mm-hmm. way in the interview. So I'd recommend you listen to that. We have a bunch more episodes to get through, though. So uh, any other thoughts on uh, playtest before we move on? Well, guys? talking about uh, how the show can be, you know, kind of outsmarting you at times. I did kind of like that. Like there, there was a point where. You know, he opens a fridge door and he actually says, oh, he's going to be right there, huh? And he sort of is, but not not what you'd expect. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about that episode is because there were like at least three times where I turned to my wife or she turned to me and said something. And then on screen, the character said the exact thing we said to each other. Right, right. It's almost like like Dan knows what your objections to the film would be (laughs) and like, you know, (laughs) tailored it around what we might complain about. So I also (laughs) want to point out, it's another thing uh, directed by Dan about a character waking up and just like trying to get the hell out of someplace. You know? Yeah. He's definitely carved out a niche for himself. (laughs) But um, yeah, we're all big fans of Dan and uh, I thought this was really well executed and uh, I continue to be very impressed with what Dan Trachtenberg is capable of. So, uh, Playtest was not my favorite, but I thought it was very well done. Let's move on to uh, the next episode that we're going to discuss uh, of Black Mirror Season 3, which uh, we're going to skip over Shut Up and Dance because Jeff hasn't seen it yet and talk about San Junipero. Uh, the plot description is two tourists arrive in an unfamiliar town. Uh, so this episode, uh, you, you know one way I know that this episode is amazing is mm-hmm. – um, 
I will never listen to Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth the same Dude, way again. Is there is that the most perfect – it's almost like they wrote this episode – like Charlie Booker wrote this episode after listening to that song and going, maybe this, this song is about this. You know? <laughs> it's like it's so spot on. You will, you will ne- that, and when, when a movie can change the way you listen to music, like that's mm-hmm. when it's made an indelible impression on your mind. Yeah. Um, because think of like all of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Like you hear the music, you think of Kill Bill, or you think of Pulp Fiction now. Uh, and this is an instance where that's happened with Heaven is a Place on Earth. Um, one thing that this episode does, as, as with many episodes, I feel like Black Mirror really takes its time to reveal the premise to you each episode, yeah. right? Like they yeah. draw it out. Like they, they seed in tiny bits of information here and there, like your, your pain level meter or whatever that she mentions oh, early on so the episode. Um, but then you, you find out, yeah, what's going on is San mm-hmm. Junipero is a uh, cloud-based location where you can upload people's consciousness to after they die or at the very end of their lives. Uh, And it is a heartbreaking story uh, told really well. And uh, Jeff Kanata, any any other thoughts that you want to say about this episode? It's my favorite uh, of the season. As I said, it it is up there and might be my top one or two favorite um, Black Mirror episodes of any of the seasons. Uh, it's beautiful. It's it's lyrical. It's got uh, pathos. And it's it is, uh, and and it was one of those things that I will always now think of when you think of death, when you think of the afterlife, mm-hmm. when you think of you know what what might me we what might we be able to do to prolong our lives. This is an idea I've never seen expressed like this. Yeah, and. And does so beautifully and with such ramifications that I, I'm. It will maintain a place in my inner life forever. It's 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 that I think for me. Even when I was a little kid, that was the magic of science fiction. Is that it? Like shaped the way you looked at the world because of the what ifs that it was possible. You know, always introducing as a possibility. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, anything that you experience in life now, you, you filter through this new prism of what if. And uh, this this sh- episode, first of all, you know, I, I'm a child of the '80s. I loved all the '80s stuff. It was gr- it was great. That was fun. Just sort of in the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes of this episode, when you kind of don't even understand what's going on, there's enough joy in just sort of being in the '80s. Um, and then, as you said, it peppers in that that stuff in such a tantalizing way of like, you know, she's sitting on the roof and she's like, what percentage of these people are dead? Do you think all that stuff is like, what, what is even happening here? <laughs> and then when, and then the first moment that you're out of it and you see old them, it's so magical. And then that's like, that would be enough. Like that would be enough mm-hmm. to make an amazing episode. But then you layer on the speech about why not just stay here? Why would you ever just let yourself die and not, take this opportunity and she explains why her husband didn't and then it's like oh my god yes that of course what is the worst thing about everlasting life not having the people you're most you're most in love with there with you how could you even survive like all of those questions aren't even the premise but they're like an added bonus of like oh my god you just blew my mind again and then also Mm -hmm. jeff a layer on top of that 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 sequence uh that scene the character of kelly gives that monologue uh, she's played by, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this name horribly. I believe it's Gugu Mbatha Raw is is the actress's yeah, name who yeah. plays Kelly. Um, but uh, it, it reminded me of Synecdoche, New York, uh, the Charlie Kaufman film, where mm-hmm. uh, the playwright in that movie 
stages a death of a salesman uh, production using very young actors in order to bring out the irony of the fact that these are young people who are talking about death and dying and all looking back on their life of regret, but who are still young and don't have that life to look back on yet. Um, and the meta sort of level of this actor who is, you know, uh, in her th- early 30s, uh, giving a monologue about this life that she's lived is the, the, the kind of incongruity, the discordancy is also like adds a, a level of frisson to that scene that I thought was very <laughs> She uh, is compelling. insanely talented. Yeah. You guys should really watch Beyond the Lights. I don't know how many times I have to say it, uh, but she's one of the main reasons that uh, that movie is also tremendous. But yeah, it's really Gugu Mbathara and, uh, and Mackenzie Davis, who's in uh, Halt and Catch Fire. She's sort of like the brilliant hacker in that show. Them together... There's just so much like energy there. Like you really believe the connection. Um, and it's just it's heartbreaking, too, because you can feel you could feel their love for each other in a way. But in in really in almost shorthand, there's that one monologue you guys keep talking about. It also talks about like the regret of like, you know, your entire life of things you haven't done, of all the things you wish you could have done. And, you know, another life you could have lived Um to fit all of that in to a single one-hour episode is insane. Just tremendous. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, to heap more praise on the actors, um, you know, Mackenzie is, is playing a, a character who, in retrospect, we realize is walking for the first time in 40 yes. years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, and, and it's all present. Like her sort of awkwardness that you take to be sort of nerd girl uh, awkward at a dance is coming from the fact that she's – Walking around in a body that works and mm-hmm. she hasn't experienced that in, in a lifetime and like all of those layers are present right from the start and, and it unfolds like a flower this, this episode. It is mm-hmm. a beautiful piece of writing. It truly is. Yeah, Jeff, you've already said like basically anything I wanted to say about this episode but better than me. So I don't know how much I have to add but I'm, I'm going to take it down a notch and say that I was not a fan of how this episode ended. And I mean – what I mean by that is the very end where uh-huh. things that are incredibly relevant to the plot are uh, are being revealed during the credits. That just felt oh, a little weird. On. That just felt a come little on. weird to me. Um, it, was a, it was an 80s movie, dude. Yes. It, it turned yeah. full 80s movie yeah. at the end. Fair, that's fair, fair enough. Um, but I guess like uh, – Here's my question for you guys. Firstly, two two questions for you guys both. Okay, number one, would you do this? Like, would you actually hundred percent upload yourself to the cloud, yeah. right? And and why? And I'll, I'll I'll get to that. You know, I want to hear what you guys have to say. But number two, do you think this was a happy ending? That's my question. So, I think. I yeah. mean, ultimately, based on what we're seeing, right? It does seem like a happy ending for these characters. Um. Yeah, I, I, ultimately, right now it seems like a happy ending. Maybe if we flash forward to them in fifty years or hundred years, <laughs> right. living in this like party <laughs> heaven town, like maybe they will be just sick. Of maybe it. They'll, be they the quag- they'll be in the quagmire, just trying to. Feel they something. also point yeah. out that you could pull oh, yeah. the plug, like you could leave whenever you want. You yeah, could so just it seems like it. very little downside to doing. Yeah, it. so yeah. do it. <laughs> Try it out for a few weeks. See how you feel. Oh, if you don't like it, years. If you don't it's like nothing. it, just go away. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Talk about. Talk about wanting to do everything in your power to make sure a company stays in business, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to bequeath my entire fortune to <laughs> Trickster or whatever it was called at the end. So um, why, why would you uh, decide to upload yourself to the cloud? 
Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. It is. It's uh, heaven is a place on earth, right? I mean, I'm not a religious fella. I don't believe there is a heaven. So in order, you know, it's like cease to exist or get to continue on in a cool place where there's no pain and there's no suffering and there's, <laughs> you know, I think I think having an actual like the idea here is we as a human being as human beings technologically manifested heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. We constructed it in a computer. We Do I want to go gods. there? Yeah. Live in heaven. So, so do you guys think it was a happy ending? Like, uh, J- Jeff, do you think it's a happy ending? I do, and and uh, I, the reason I think that is because the the thing that would prevent her from joining, um, you know, staying in uh, San Junipero is guilt. Right? She mm-hmm. overcomes guilt, and and I think it, that's what makes it a happy yeah. ending. Is that she finds love, she feels guilty, but she overcomes that guilt and is allow, allows herself the freedom to to ha- find joy. Well, as usual, let me disagree with you guys and say, like, <laughs> I, well, I think it's very possible to interpret it as a not happy ending, you know, because there are reasons to uh, not go to San Junipero beyond just the guilt, you know, the the fact that, like, it's not real and it doesn't matter. And, what you is know, real, Dave? Yeah, if it's just what you can see or feel or taste, you know, is that is that real? I mean, I think yeah. I think there is no accident that the final uh, shots juxtapose them boogieing down in San Junipero with like this incredibly cold artifice of you know this server farm that right. all these it people looks are like the Matrix uh, pod. You know, yeah, shot. yeah. Th- Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> You're like Joe Pantoliano in the Matrix. Like, like, yeah, this steak tastes amazing. Who cares? It's I, I think real. we pretty exactly. much already talked about like why there's very little downside, though. Yeah, it could be it could be seen as a chilling existence, um, but uh, there are other things we haven't even mentioned. You know, like imagine if like you could actually preserve your conscious consciousness so that future generations of your family can just stop like, interact with you yeah, yeah that, that, is hello. that is crazy that is crazy that is crazy that idea yeah. yeah yeah i'm your great 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 granddaughter <laughs> yeah <laughs> what uh, up <laughs> hopefully there are some flags so you don't like try to uh bed your you know uh your future <laughs> generations or something but i i don't think there's really much downside the only like philosophical thing here is is the digital copy of your consciousness you know the same as your physical one I don't. I don't think that's necessarily true. Right. You're, you know? you're getting to like logistically, like how would this actually happen? Just talking because, about the the pricing structure of your of heaven. You know, like <laughs> want to upgrade your body and mind? Go for it, baby. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, it's. I don't think it's remotely realistic right now because you know we all know from science like the mind is a result of the physical biological brain. You know, yeah. so you need some way of preserving that, which is not depicted in the show. But yeah, I mean, I think on principle. Um, there is a way to argue both. It sounds like you guys are leaning towards the positive. I probably I lean think towards the negative. There's a way to really argue one, and a way you really have to struggle to argue. <laughs> All right, fair enough, Devendra. That's what Dave's here for. That's what I'm here so, for. All right, let's I, move on. Ladies in love, what, what, driving what, what, away in the convertible, <laughs> tossing their hats in the sky. I'm sure that definitely feels like a dark ending. <laughs> one thing I definitely you know want to Jeff, mention. Jeff, screw you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Devendra, go ahead. Well, yeah, one thing I do think her turn from feeling that guilt from that great monologue uh, Guguma Bathara's character um, I, that was really He's fast I think, <laughs> yeah I think there was a lot of room I, I wish there was more room for the episode to breathe a little to kind of show her transition towards yeah, like yeah. because basically the next scene is just her saying like you know I'm ready for the rest of it and yeah. like oh she's already she's already and made she the saves, decision you know, saves like, her from a car crash and that's it yeah yeah 
Um, so I agree. I agree. There could have been more character development. Um, and yeah, this is a show that continuously leaves me wanting more. Uh, yep. And so I wish every episode was like half an hour longer. But um, really love San Junipero. Go ahead, Jeff. I wish our show could be a little half an hour longer. But I, I'm going to have to go very shortly. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do, do the last episode that you can talk about. Men Against Fire. Future soldiers Stripe and Raymond must protect frightened villagers from an infestation of vicious feral mutants. Technologically, they have the edge, but will that help them survive? Jeff Kanata, your thoughts on Men Against Fire? I thought this was super cool. I mean, it definitely uh, harkens back to some video game stuff. You know, uh, you know, kill the kill the zombies uh, with your with your super guns and your cool heads up displays. Um, I kind of I saw the twist coming, but that didn't make it any less interesting. Um, I I love and and we kind of referenced this earlier. I I really liked that there is a ideology that you could kind of understand. I mean, it's dark and it's definitely not the one I agree with. And clearly, the episode also is on that side. But there is a you can see why someone would say this is a good thing. Like if we have to if they are a, a genuine threat. And you can create a super soldier that isn't going to hesitate. There is – you can right. kind of yeah. understand how that could happen. I agree. Uh, the episode and I, I does think present even... the fact that the, I guess the people they're fighting against aren't tremendous – like aren't like threats in the form of like you know people who will actually come and kill you and your family. Right. They're threats on the genetic level, right? They, they are I guess the poor people who unfortunately still have – genetic defects and other illnesses to deal with and it's rather a, than it's as if someone was saying like they're bringing their criminals they're bringing their yeah. racists the rapists <laughs> they're saying, right. but it's it's you know. eugenics in like a very pure form too yeah we're wiping out the the unclean yeah. yes yeah um uh, and you know i know devinger shouted you down earlier about this jeff but i actually agree with you like this was this is the episode where i could most clearly see <laughs> both sides uh of the of the equation we're like if these were like nazis we were taken out you know and uh, and we needed to use some kind of implant to make our men function right. more, or men and women function more efficiently. Then I think we'd be cool with that. Uh, I, you know, whereas like with nosedive, it's like, oh, is there really a strong argument for why these ratings are like a good idea? I don't think so. You know, I don't think the episode makes it. But this episode, the Michael Kelly character, the doctor, who's like explaining like why we need to do this, I was, uh, I, I thought, hey, I don't agree with you. But I understand why you did this, you know, right. like unlike some of it's the a, other episodes. It's a plausible ideology, <laughs> exactly. a dark one. But I exactly, mean, yeah. a plausible ideology, guys, is very different from one that I think is morally defensible or oh, one sure. that, uh, that actually <laughs> – No one's arguing but, that. Yeah, no yeah. one's arguing that it's morally de- like morally a good thing. But I think at least – it's kind of like you know when you watch a really good James Bond film, you're like, ah, I kind of get why the villain does that. You know, I kind of <laughs> get why he's that way. And that's kind of how I feel about this episode. Yeah, I, I understand why they did that. Um, but this episode, I thought, like, yeah, very well done. The reveal of information is very good. And uh, the ending is heartbreaking. You know, Do you guys like, know if, if the statistics that they, he spouts about um, the percentage of people in World War I think War a II? lot of that uh, is true, according to is the uh, Charlie Brooker interview. Yeah. Yeah. So like there, there are we we de- we definitely don't have like the desire to like pull a trigger unless we are psychopaths or something you know so it's a very small po- portion of the population that will do that and we see some of the stuff today too like things that are being done to kind of help soldiers fight better um, and to me that's the most chilling aspect of this episode because yeah the ending is chilling um, I don't quite know what it's trying to say. Because, okay, so they, they're making him believe that he's going back home to his wife. But I think the jig will be up pretty quickly as soon as he tries to get in that door 
You know, unless he's just going to stand on the sidewalk. For, I think he's just going to well, stand there. I, I think I think forever. the episode yeah. is about how um, these uh, military people have created a system from which the soldiers cannot escape. Basically. Yeah. Do they but, get uh, Do they get sex dreams every night? It's like that's sort of a reward. Yeah, that's they the get, reward. Like sweet they sex dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the uh, Sarah that. Snook character, I think, was like, "Did you have a good sleep last night?" Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of the reward. And that's – it's also chilling too by the way. Like all this reward and pleasure system for soldiers but also kind of removing their sensory systems, kind of removing – Yeah, the like their ability to, to like screams. smell things and – That's you know, chilling. Yeah, that's Like I, le- I love the ideas in this episode. I don't think the execution of it all was that great. Um, but yeah, the ideas are horrifying. I, yeah, I thought the execution was strong. I thought uh, the cast was solid. You got uh, Sarah Snook was there playing a, mm-hmm. a hard ass. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in terms of how – like the action scenes I thought were plausible. It did not mm-hmm. strike me as like this is low budget. You know, I did not feel like yeah. this is like a low budget episode. I felt like, hey, yeah, that, really – That cool – uh, that scene where they're, where they're shooting targets, like the targets mm-hmm. – themselves felt very futuristic and high budget like yeah. it could have been you could have done that same scene in a much simpler way and uh i thought it was interesting that they you know made it a more sophisticated looking mm-hmm. you know, sequence also the part I, when he they play back the video but in a different yeah uh it, like you see what is really there you know that's yeah. pretty frightening that's um, Ma- madeline brewer by the way who plays raymond um she also is an actress on Orange is the New Black. I think she does a great job here and is a, a truly frightening presence in this episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, Closing thoughts, Jeff Kanata, before you leave us? Uh, I'm excited to watch the last two and then listen to what you guys had to say about them. But, um, I, you know, this is really a fantastic series, a great show. I, I It's one of my favorites, you know, and I just I'm so impressed that the ideas are so consistently interesting and thought-provoking and spot-on you know i i can't wait for more evidently we're getting six more uh so bring them on awesome uh jeff thanks for joining us and uh yeah we'll we'll press on and just get these two last done but uh right. last one's done but have a good night thanks, guys we'll talk to you soon. bye all right Devin, you're the last two episodes mm-hmm. shut up and dance yeah uh this this again like playtest i feel like is more of a straight genre exercise Mm-hmm. Uh, like just kind of a thriller about like a, a kind of cat and mouse thing of these people trying to stay ahead of uh, these hackers who have stolen yeah. sensitive footage about all these people. The ultimate troll job. Yeah, I thought this episode was fine. I didn't think yeah. it was. I didn't think it was particularly insightful. You know, um, mm-hmm. but I will say this about the episode: this is the thing that finally got me to cover up my webcam. Um, because you've heard warnings before like you should cover up your webcam with a piece of tape or something this is the one that finally got me to do it because it's like okay I can see how this could be damaging (laughs) (laughs) don't want anyone to see what's happening in that room that's right that's right yeah Uh, any any thoughts on on shut up and dance yeah it seems pretty straightforward I don't think uh, so the final reveal that the kid was uh, actually looking at uh, child Child pornography pornography. I mean the thing is go ahead sorry I mean yeah it's I guess like that makes us understand more why he went through all of this. Because if it's just like normally like somebody just masturbating, I think you'll you'll get over that at some point. You know, you could survive. But uh, yeah, to be found watching child pornography, that's something that'll stay with you for life, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like it, yeah, I, I it felt a little bit shoehorned into me to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, that like. Yeah. 
oh, by the way, it was child pornography, and that's why. And it's like, okay, y- yeah. you know. It's it's darkest timeline for the sake of darkest timeline. Yeah. That's what it felt yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like the troll face bit, I guess. Like, uh, to me, like, you could imagine the idea of uh, internet trolls getting to the point where they could be doing stuff like this. We're already seeing swatting and stuff like that, um, where they're starting to interact with the real world in a way. And this does make me terrified for what the 4chan and Reddit users of the future will be doing. But yeah, on its own, to me, I think this ended up being the weakest episode for me. Interesting, yeah. Uh, It was good to see Jerome Flynn there, though. Uh, Sure. He plays Braun in Game of Thrones. Uh, Mm -hmm. Always happy to see him on screen. Um, Not a a bad episode. You know, this, this is kind of how, like... How you describe feeling about Jack Reacher, this is how I mm-hmm. feel about this episode. Is it's like, fine, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's not, not horrible, but it's not like one of my favorites. It was my second lowest episode. Let's get to my least favorite episode of the season, Hated in the Nation. I'm going to read the plot summary here. In near future London, police detective Karen Park, played by Kelly McDonald, and her tech-savvy sidekick Blue, played by Faye Marseille, investigate a string of mysterious deaths with a sinister link to social media. So, Devinger, uh, what did you think of this episode? It seemed like you didn't hate it. Like I, I didn't. Like that's the thing. Like everyone was saying, "Oh man, this is the worst episode of Black Mirror ever made." I don't. To me, this wasn't even the worst episode of the season. I think it does maybe go on a bit long, but this is Black Mirror doing kind of doing a disaster film in a way. Like this is Black Mirror. It almost feels it's like, like them it's trying like to the go. birds version. Exactly. Of, it know, and there yeah. are shots like towards the end uh, with all the bees that does feel like the birds with them like right outside the window. Um, so in that way, it's a little like cookie cutter. It is sort of like a detective trying to figure out you know what's starting, uh, what's causing all these uh, mysterious murders on a logistical level. I think they make a lot of mistakes uh, just because it's not always compelling. Uh, There's the point where they're trapped in the room with the woman they're supposed to protect. First of all, if you're trying to run away from like killer bees, right? Why would you go to the middle of the country to like an old ass farmhouse that probably just has like holes in the wall? Why not go to like a secure medically sealed bunker or something like that? Uh, second of all, they protect your ears, and there are so many other ways to get inside your head. Like guys, just put put some earmuffs on her, like cover her eyes, cover her nose, just like give her give her like a sealed uh, head thing, maybe a bee helmet, you know, the beehive. Uh, what do you call it? The, the beekeeper helmet. Um, so that that sort of thing kind of annoyed me. But overall, like it, it to me, it does seem like a really fun take on sort of like a large scale disaster thing. And I kind of like seeing uh, Black Mirror kind of deal with that. All right, Devendra. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't want to take away from your pleasure in this. Episode. I know how much you love disaster movies, Dave. Come on. This this episode was a disaster. I mean, it it. Is 90 minutes long. There's one good thing about this, mm-hmm. or two good things about this episode. Number one, I thought they did a pretty good job with casting, and yeah. uh, it's it's cool to have a buddy cop comedy that where two females are are the mm-hmm. buddies, and that just you just don't see that very often uh, on television or movies. And so to have that in this episode is is unique and kind of a cool dynamic. Um, but and overall i like kind of what he was trying to do from the perspective mm-hmm. of like what are the consequences of all this online hate like yeah. there are consequences because like the idea of an online mob it terrifies me uh mm-hmm. online mobs have gone after people and ruined their lives for and making often have been wrong about certain things they've too. been wrong sometimes but it's often yeah. for simple mistakes like there's a there's a subplot in this episode of this woman who like uh pretends to pee on a monument that's based on yeah. a real life story of yep. uh, a woman who was just jokingly 
uh, posing next to like uh, a sign that said like no talking in Arlington Cemetery or whatever, and she's pretending to like shout. And because that photo went viral, you know, her life got ruined. And it's like what's terrifying about it is. The online mob can come for any any one of us um, mm-hmm. for reasons that, like you know that when she posted that photo of herself at Arlington Cemetery, that woman, I don't think she was thinking, "Wow, this is going to provoke an online mob that ruins my life." No yeah. one anticipates when it's going to happen, <laughs> and it is unaccountable to anyone. You know, like mm-hmm. no one, no one can stop it. You know, you yeah. can't have a court ruling that says, "Hey, this person's protected from online attacks." So. Uh, that concept is very frightening, and I like that they tried to make something out of it. I think the yeah. execution was horrible. This was an episode where, like I said, I felt like three steps ahead of the entire thing. And you hear me on the slash from Castavinger. I'm always behind what's going on. I mean, but this, this is, is this is sort of your bread and butter, though. Like, this is dealing with uh, social media and, like, the horrors of, like, where social media could be headed. So I almost wonder, Dave, like, if you – like, you, you just have this experience, you know? You kind of know how most of this stuff works. I, I don't know. Is that affecting how you're approaching this episode? Because I thought – episode about yeah. killer robotic bees you know that, yeah that we've accepted much worse <laughs> when it comes to our disaster movies. it's an, it's an episode that's killer robotic bees that are activated by hashtags basically which is like so it, you it don't almost sounds, it sounds like a parody it. it sounds like a parody of black mirror devendra like right, it doesn't right. sound like black mirror okay it sounds, but, like, it sounds like someone like watched black mirror and then made an snl sketch i mean but what describe black any like. of these episodes right nosedive as a world wherever where your entire life depends on your rating on no i disagree app. i think You're it's like, way I, more I think, I think that's way more plausible in my opinion but you know uh, I, I, but i also liked that i liked a lot you know you're, you're, you're saying you're saying it's my bread and brother you're right i liked a lot of of yeah. concepts in the episode you know like using robotic nanotechnology to solve colony collapse disorder like that is cool you know the idea that uh our uh hashtags and our online hatred and hate mobs might have consequences that's cool <laughs> You know, it, but I just did not too like far. It, it's it does scratch credulity. But here's the thing: like, I don't think a Black Mirror episode has to actually feel like it could happen to be good. It's more about what it's commenting on, the ideas it's presenting that works for me. Um, so I don't know if, if your enjoyment of Black Mirror hinges on the plausibility of the situation. I mean, who knows what we'll have to do to uh, replace uh, falling bee populations if uh, you know they don't really come back up. Uh, and well, I also felt just where execution. were you on Friday? Wait, Dave, where were you on Friday when the internet went <laughs> down because of goddamn connected appliances? <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Those were just baby monitors. They were security uh, sure, cameras. Sure, sure. You're, you're, you're right. You're, you're right, Devendra. Um, I, I will say that I think it, maybe if the budget had been a little bit higher and the execution yeah. of the bees had been silly. a little bit better. It did look silly. It doesn't yeah. look great. It doesn't look great. So I think – I'm used to uh, kind of low-budget BBC television sometimes too. Like if you watch uh, Doctor Who and a lot of those shows, they don't always have the budget to kind of sell their ideas. But I, I'm used to that sort of thing. Yeah. I, and I just thought the framing, like the bookends with the trial, and like that was completely useless. And then, oh, at the end, you find out she's actually tracked the guy down. I mean, uh, just... Bruce Lee in the chat room uh, says it reminds him of an X Files episode. And you know what? This feels like X Files. This feels like an insane X Files plotline. We've seen so many of those too. And how many of those did they live through? Um, I guess that's partially why I liked it. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 it feels yeah. like an insane episode of the X Files. But you know, the X Files I found is in general more over the top than black mirror and that's why i didn't like this sure. episode very much so mm-hmm. uh, but here's the, like black mirror went over the top and 
at that and it's funny like they went over the top in the first episode right and they're like oh my god making the prime minister minister fuck a pig and flash forward a couple of years oh doesn't that that actually happened <laughs> and uh season two like oh my god like electing a you know the reality tv show to like a public office or something that's insane flash forward to donald trump and everything like it's it's to me it's funny how even the most insane ideas this show presents sometimes ends up being the most true too like we got that before we got uh you know the memory recollection or whatever from yeah. be right back or something well you know two years from now when bees are eating through my brain cavity yes um i will be remembering this review and uh you will be you won't be remembering it because they'll be eating memory <laughs> you'll be completely vindicated to <laughs> uh all right i think that's it that's all the episodes yeah. right Woo! all right well thanks for listening to the slash filmcast find more episodes at slash filmcast.com email us at slash filmcast gmail.com let us know what you thought of black mirror thanks for listening next week Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Um, With a special guest. Uh, yeah. And I'm also planning on reviewing Hacksaw Ridge on my YouTube channel. Um, okay. So check that out as well. I'll, uh, probably, a lot of do, uh, I'll probably do the uh, the next Ouija movie, too. Okay. Cool, man. Some- All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. We're out. Acast recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Who exploded Vivian Stone? Was it Screen Hunk McSalad? Mother's Digest called me dependably erotic. Leading Lady Joanna Shoebags. Oh, you call me dramatic again, I will die! First time director Wallace Byrne Matravers. I think I'll just keep my clothes on for now. Assistant director Laura Side Salad. If I can help you direct this film, I can certainly help direct your wink. Technician James Wiggington. You've got a funny way of addressing a man holding a power drill. Or someone else entirely. Listen in to find out who exploded Vivian Stone. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from the UK and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. 